Welcome to another moment with Eric Fleming. Uh, this is Eric Fleming. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed their Labor Day weekend um, here in the States. I know that we should be praying for the people in the Bahamas. Um, one of the worst possible things that could ever happen has happened in that not only one of the most powerful hurricanes in the history of, of this hemisphere has hit the Bahamas, but it never it didn't want to leave. Um, the magnitude of a storm that size, the initial impact and the storm the, the, the storm surge. Plus, that it stayed in that area for over 24 hours. Um, the initial images we have seen have not been good. Um, we are thankful that there were some parts of the Bahamas that seemed relatively spared compared to others. Island, I can't pronounce the name of it right now. It starts with A and Dabco, I think, or Badco, Badco Island. Uh, it's where the military is. A lot of the military is stationed out there, so especially prayers for those men and women uh, who had to brave that out. They know what to do, they know how to hunger down, but just, just pray. That's all you can do, and, and hope that. They can get some help uh, to rebuild um, in, in, in a more orderly and, and less controversial fashion than what they've seen their neighbors go through, especially Puerto Rico, right? Um, so we, we had to deal with that. Um, it's a tragic boat fire over the weekend. Uh, where people were trapped in a boat there to celebrate the holiday. You know, it's just, you can't take things for granted, you know? Um, life is really short, and uh, I hope that those of you who had a good time this holiday weekend really cherish that moment. I know it was it was fun for me to see people I hadn't seen in a while. You know, as uh, my college, Jackson State, played here in Atlanta. Um, but I know the reality that um, you know not everybody is is going to have moments, positive moments. So. What I encourage people to do is when you do have those moments, embrace them, right? And um, because the whole purpose of this podcast and and what we're trying to, you know, do is that we, we want a better place for all of us, right? We want a place where good memories stay the majority, you feel me? And not anything else. Um, 
Yeah. I think, you know, it's just a matter of remembering what's important, um, staying focused on what needs to be stay focused on. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, we have a duty to make our country and our nation better. And we cannot shirk that responsibility at any time, you know, for the sake of trying to appease or to be peaceful, right? You know, and, you know, we, we can't shirk our responsibility to have a good time. There's a time and place for everything. You know, there's a time to be reflective about what's going on in the world, and then there's a time um, to remind yourself what what living is, right? Live well. Laugh often, love much. It's a sign at a local church. Live well, laugh often, love much. Right? And so that's that's where we always want to be. That's where we want to get to. Is making sure that we do that. Now, having said all that, right, we, we have to be very, very careful of how we do things. And I know people don't want to be careful. People want to be Emotional people want to tear some up right now, and they want to show that they are who they are. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you have no clue about what you're doing, right, you're gonna do more damage. than what's intended. And that defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do. Right? Because we're not about trying to make it easier for evil to succeed. We're about trying to make it so that it's hard for them to succeed. And I know that's a lot of pressure because that means we don't really have a lot of opportunities for mistakes, right? Because the minute we make a mistake, the evil side is going to point it out, right? And and try to flip it like we're the ones doing the bad stuff all the time and not them. <laughs> but that's, that's how it goes, you know? Case in point, so, two of my favorite actors, Eric McCormick and Deborah Messing. If y'all never saw Will and Grace, I mean, just some of the funniest television ever put together, right? 
in my opinion. So they uh, they decided during um, the break. I guess was you know they were they wanted to call out people who supported President Trump financially fundraising, right? They wanted to create a list, if you will, and uh, and put that out there for for public consumption, right? Um, and they think they're doing a good thing. They think that they're exposing people, right? And I think Messing went as far as to say that she wanted to know so that she would never work with these people again. Now, of course, President Trump had something to say because he's never above the fray. He's always he's always trying to be in the middle of the frame. Right? And you know, he talked about her and of course being saying she was this and that, she wasn't a popular actress or whatever. You know, his typical I ain't I ain't really got no class <laughs> you know schoolyard bullying banter, right? But Deborah and Eric are wrong. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg said it better than I could, and I, I, I want y'all to watch The View. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch, go back, YouTube it, find it. She said it better. She said it with a lot of passion, right? About how wrong they were for doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in total agreement with how wrong that is. Because we're, we are not the blacklisters. <laughs> we are not the people who create the lists. Right? We are not the ones to have an agenda where we feel as though that we can terrorize people. That's not us. Right? That's them. That's what they do. That's how they control the narrative. Joseph McCarthy, cause example. Right? He was, you know, trying to out everybody he thought was a communist. So he labeled everybody he did not like as a communist. Right? He created a list. Whether they had evidence or not that these people were engaging in communist activities, they he put them on the list anyway. And so people had to leave the country, people's careers were damaged. It was it was absolutely chaotic and it took brave people in journalism, especially one particular journalist named Edward R. Murrow, to call them out on it and shut it down. And that was the power of television. 
That was the power of television news. That was the power of of journalism, fair, objective journalism, is that it shut down a tyrant, basically. Or somebody that wanted to be tyrannical, right? It shut them down. And so that's how we defeat Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump has already shown you that fair, impartial, truthful journalism is his kryptonite. The free press that can hold him accountable is his weakness. And so he just has to be constantly drilled down on until either he gets it or he's gone. Whether it's through impeachment, whether it's through an election, he's gone. Right? So, I mean, that's... You know, and people are getting frustrated because he's still there. Part of the deal was, guys, that once the election results came in and he was able to take the oath, right? It's like the deal was he was probably going to be there for four years. And then you had to gear up for the next election. Well, the next election's coming up. So, regardless of whether he's on the ballot or not, you need to make some time to make a change. First Tuesday, November 2020. You've got to do that, regardless. Right? Especially if he's on the ballot. But, the reality is, is that, unless Nancy Pelosi changes her mind, that's what's getting ready to happen. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really think that people just need to accept that fact and, uh, and be prepared to do what they need to do for that election. And, um, I really... I really hope that you know people just kind of check themselves, but they're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very hopeful about a lot of things. I'm very pessimistic about a lot of things, um, and for the things that I'm pessimistic about, I hope that I'm wrong. And for the things I'm hopeful about, I hope that I'm right. Right? And I, and I you know, but, but people, people have, have had a propensity on my side of the fence, the people that don't like this president, the people that think that this president is bad for this country um, in several ways. Um, they, they do these kind of things, right? And uh, we got to be better than that. We got to be smarter than that. 
we have to be more thoughtful than that. We, we got to go at them, you know. Um, my, my job right now is to be one of the critics, right? And to constantly point out and make the case why he's not a good president for us, right? He's not a citizen of any other country, so we can't dump him off anywhere else, but he's not a good president for us. You know, not everybody that runs for president is a good option. I tend to think that there are a bunch of other options on the Democratic side that are better than what we have currently in office. But again, not all of them are the best option. <laughs> They're better than, but not the best, right? That makes sense to me. So you have to pick somebody. I kind of have somebody in mind. It is what it is. A lot of people I think already have what they have in mind. Um, so, there's that. But, you know, and then the primary process will shake that all out. But I, I really, really want people uh, to just be engaged, but be engaged in a positive way. It's all right to protest, but you ain't got to tear stuff up to protest. It's all right to be vocal, right? It's all right to be, um, it's all right to fight on Twitter with the facts right but it's not okay to use their tactics totally I mean you know debate is debate but it's like to, to ostracize to discriminate to be violent um that kind of defeats what we're trying to do. If we're saying we don't want discrimination, we can't discriminate against Trump supporters. If we don't advocate violence at rallies, then we shouldn't be beating up Trump supporters. Mississippi thinking they get discriminated against people because they're mixed race, but then they get mad when a restaurant owner kicks their Huckabee Sanders out. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, man. The best thing to do is to not kick anybody out, take their money, and, and go on about your business. Because there's a lot of people that I deal with monetarily that ain't never going to be my friends. <laughs> it ain't going to be worth the time of day for I mean, it's just real talk, you know. But you know, I mean, we 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 got to figure this out. And we got to figure it out pretty quickly. 
you know, we, we talk about the urgency of climate change, but there has to be there has to be a political and philosophical change too. Um, American institutional racism has done incredible damage to this nation, to black people and to white people. And uh, we gotta we gotta end it. I think four hundred years of it is long enough. And you know if we can do it by the next century, we got eighty more years to figure it out. But we gotta end it. Because this where we at right now politically is 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 the the result of that. And uh, yeah, I'll catch y'all on the other side. So we're back, and um, I just want to continue that because I really was kind of, I just cut it off because the time, but I really want to continue to stress the fact that, you know, people, we are better than what we think we are, and, um, you know, as somebody who has been through depression, as somebody that has constantly tried to um, live up to expectations, whether it's my own or other people, you know, friends, parents, whatever the case may be, right? Um, real talk, we're, we're better than what we believe we are most of the time. And a lot of our frustration with the current president and a lot of other politicians, not just him, is that we believe that they can be better than what they show us a lot of times. I think the political parties can be better than what they show us. Right? But we've gotten to a, a point in our society where the lowest common denominator is not only convenient, it's accepted. And I've, I've railed against that for a long time. You know, it's, you know, for black people, it was stressed to us, at least our generation, the generation before us for sure, that we had to be better than we had to be. We didn't have the option of being mediocre. We didn't have the option of being average. We had to be better than. Because just fitting in, we would get ignored. We would just continue to be pushed aside. So we had to be excellent. We had to strive there was pressure on us to be excellent, especially in school, you know, and sometimes parents may have been overbearing about it, okay, you know, 
but the reality is is that we had to we had to be pushed like that because in a society where good isn't good enough for us we had to accept Ben Carson, for example, you y'all can say what y'all want to say about him, and I and I have my share of criticism about his philosophies about certain things. But he is probably the greatest living neurosurgeon in American medical history, and he is of that generation that had to be pushed, right? That it wasn't wasn't an issue about them. They were going to be pushed. You were going to be better than what your circumstances dictated. Jesse Jackson Sr. the same way. Martin Luther King Jr. the same way. Even Malcolm, the biggest detriment to Malcolm Little's development was that his parents Daddy was killed. His mama succumbed to mental illness. He didn't have that push. And then you had white people telling him what he wanted to be. He couldn't be that. And so it took somebody like an Elijah Muhammad to see the diamond in the rough and to polish it and give it a setting right and people may not have liked the the initial coming out of Malcolm X and the the rhetoric that he espoused as far as black nationalism is concerned but you know what none of y'all embraced him. Y'all thought, well, he's a criminal. He's a hoodlum. There's no hope for him. But that's a reminder that we are better than what we think. We are better than what other people think. I had a meme that highlighted that and highlighted the fact that Maya Angelou, if, if she died, they said if they died in their 20s, Malcolm X would have died a hoodlum and Maya Angelou would have died a uh, a prostitute. Now Malcolm X is a revered icon in the black community in America and throughout the world, actually. And Maya Angelou was doing poems at presidential inaugurations. We are better than what we think we are. We are better than what the public expects us to be. We are better than the lowest common denominator. Always. You know, the last podcast or previous podcast, we talked about what we were worth. And I had talked about the Ford Pinto standard, about $250,000. I mean, it's all in line with that. We're, we're better than you know, this country is better than the way it's acting. 
because of this these incredible documents that despite the hypocrisy of the people who wrote them the inspiration that they that they put quill pen the parchment on <laughs> put that ink on that parchment it's these are these are the very words that we as black people use to obtain the legal protections that we do have and that we continue to fight for right we are better than what we think. We are better than what other people think. We are better than. Right? And and the key thing to understand is that if you are into religion, it doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Taoism, whatever. We know that there are evil forces. There are supernatural forces that want you to think otherwise. And you have to overcome them. And it's tough. It's not easy. You you know, even the strongest of us have fallen to that self-doubt, to that pity, to that pain. It happens. But the trick is, how do we overcome that? Right? How do we continue? Well, that takes leadership. Right? Not only without but within one of the most famous poems in Vitigus written by Rudyard Kipling which is like kind of a standard read for college students especially black college students even though Rudyard Kipling didn't like black people <laughs> nonetheless it's a classic example he said, I'm, I'm the captain of my destiny. I determine. Right? Which direction I go. When, when you say that you're, you're taking charge of your life. You're taking charge of how you come across. You're taking charge of how you want to be perceived. Now, whether people do that or not, take it or not, that's on them. But you have the job to do to take care of you and to put your best foot forward and to, and to be the best that you can be, despite what other people say. You can't get hung up with what other people say. Right? And I really wish that if 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 I, I know Donald Trump hates everything about Barack Obama, but I really wish that he would take the the approach that Barack Obama took toward his critics. And that for the most part, Barack Obama ignored them. Every now and then he would respond. And in in campaign mode, he was probably more belligerent toward his enemies then as president. But he understood that he was president, so he had won already. <laughs> he won. Twice. 
And so he acted like it. George W. Bush, no matter how much you criticize him, one of his nicknames was he was the decider. Because he acted like he knew he was the president. Whether you agreed with him or not. He kind of ignored his critics too. Because when you believe that you're doing your best, when you believe that you're putting your best foot forward, right? Critics come and critics go. But you are who you are until it's time for you to leave this earth, right? If you want to change, you have that right to change. If you, if you know better, you do better, right? Or at least you do different. So, I think people, people need to really realize their worth. They need to realize that they're better than what they see. And I think if people did that, not just black people, right? I think Americans overall, they really looked at their situation and, and, and treated themselves the way that they should be treated and not be angry at things that are really either beyond their control or not even anything to be angry about, right? If they stop dwelling in their pain and look at their promise, then we'll never have to worry about a guy like Donald Trump ever getting elected again, right? Because he got elected based off people's pain. Now you can make that argument about Barack Obama. You can say that there was there was pain involved in that and, and people wanted to to make that statement, but the reality was Barack Obama was hope that if a black man could stand before the world and the nation and present himself as worthy of having the most powerful elected position in the world, right? Then, you know, maybe there is hope for us. That's what he epitomized. It wasn't, it wasn't pain. It wasn't anger. It was hope. And, um, Donald Trump was just the opposite of that. There were people that were angry that that black man got to be president. There were people that were angry that that change that they wanted didn't come quick enough for them. People were angry because they were angry. And the result of that is you elected an angry person. A person who never is satisfied with his status on the planet. You know, people say, well, that's what we get for electing, you know, rich person. The Kennedys were filthy rich. They were re literally filthy rich. They were ridiculously rich people. They own real estate all over the country. They built their empire off 
<laughs> bootlegging. You know, but they 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 and they and they parlayed it into other business ventures, right? But real estate was their killer. They they were the merchandise mart in Chicago is a Kennedy property to this day. So, you know, it's not so much the wealth as it is the person. You know, in, in, in the Greek world, they say the letters don't make the man, the man make the letters, right? That's the same thing with the presidency. That's the same thing with your life. You make the difference, not anybody else. Not what organization you're affiliated with, not what political party you vote for. Not who you support. You define you. Your actions define you. Your belief in yourself defines you. Not anything external. Other than what you allow to come into your into your space and to occupy your mind and your spirit. Right? And I'm telling you something. If you really, really look at yourself and you really, really look at what you envision your community, your state, your nation to be, what you, the best of what you want to see, I don't care if it doesn't jive with the political party you're affiliated with or, you know, if your idea is different than somebody else's idea. If it comes from the same place, whereas the best of us, not the angriest of us, not the meanest of us, the best of us, comes forward, then, again, we ain't got to worry about people like Donald Trump ever getting elected again. Because we won't do it. It'll our inner nature will not allow us to do it. And so, however people take it, that's fine, what I'm saying. But, I, but I'm telling you, if people realize what they're worth, people realize what a blessing it is to be in this country as opposed to any other people realize the value of other people because you're supposed to do unto others as you do unto yourself right the golden rule then people like Donald Trump not only won't get elected they won't have a voice and the people that will have a voice will people that say well maybe we should go to Rome from the west as opposed to the east that's fine let's have that debate but let's not figure we have to divide to conquer. Y'all think about that. Pray for the people in the Bahamas. And I'll see you next time.